Derek French or Frenchy was a real key figure of that squad. Saying he was the club physiotherapist doesn't really tell the full story. His personality and bubbly character means he seems just as much part of the squad as many of the players. Inextricably linked Dave Bassett throughout his career, Frenchy served Harry at Wimbledon with the Crazy Gang, United, Barnsley and Forest. Latterly, he has been involved in the corporate side at the lane and his comedic talents remain to this day, uh, as you will hear. And he does a great massage as well. <laughs> OK, good evening, everybody. And well, thank you. Welcome to me on the show for a period of time. I don't know whether I can remember much about what you're going to ask me, but um, let's try. That period, 1988 to 1993, was a magical one for the Blades. Without being unfair, we may not have been the most talented players, so why did it all work? Oh yeah, that period was certainly a magical time for us all. Um, you know, they were a great crowd of lads and they all worked really hard for each other. There were no big time Charlies, everybody just did what they had to do. Um, but to say we weren't the most talented, I think is a bit of an unfair statement. I think if you go through that side at that particular time, I think we had a lot more talent than actually we got any credit for or the players got any credit for. So I don't think it's a question of why did it work? It worked in as much that it was a real together side, the same very much as Chris has now, or everyone fighting for each other. And it worked because they worked and they worked very hard at everything they did. And we spent hours and hours and hours, you know, training. We did sometimes three training sessions a day to where they'd go running in the evening at Don Valley. So to say they weren't talented, I think is a bit, is a bit cruel. You nasty piece of work. How did you feel about the cameras being around during that 1990 season? Well, personally, I thought um, having the cameras around at that particular time added a bit more spice to what was going on. I mean, it's fantastic to have that, um, you know, recorded and, and to go back on old times like that. I mean, I think we all really enjoyed it. The camera crews and that were good lads. And we just, I think it just made that season a little bit, better than, than everything that we'd had before, you know, even the wives were getting involved in it and all sorts. So I think it was absolutely brilliant and I'm glad we did it that way because I think it, it certainly enhanced um, the season for people who want to look back on those days and can see exactly how things used to be. So, yeah, I think it was brilliant. Fantastic. What was the promotion party like after Leicester? Uh, did the staff like yourself, Harry, etc., get involved? If I could remember anything about the promotion party, um, I'd be glad to tell you, but um, I don't know whether, um, you know, you ask if we got involved. I mean, we actually started it. It was crazy. The best part I can remember is standing in the car park at Bramwell Lane with, with Paul Stancliffe sharing a cigar. Why we were sharing one, I don't know, but it was just great. We, I mean, the, obviously the players went off and did their bits and pieces and, and the staff, um, we went off for a meal on uh, London Road somewhere. I can't remember exactly where it was, but um, we went off for an Italian meal. And just, well, as I say, it was just fantastic. And I wish I could relive it all over again. But unfortunately, um, those sort of things just happen, if you're very lucky, <laughs> a few times in your life. But that was just an amazing night. And, and it just carried on, really, from there. It was just absolutely brilliant. Wonderful, wonderful times. Who was your favourite player? Not necessarily your best player, but from that squad, who was your favourite player? Hmm, who was my favourite player? 
Um, I think that's a very difficult question to answer because um, when you're in the squad with everybody, you know everyone is your favourite. There's no one that was outstanding. I suppose the one that I knew best of all was, was Bob Booker, you know, and we lived together for a while, um, you know, in the right kind of way, of course, um, while we were in Sheffield. And I've known him, you know, from, from our early days back in Watford. So say certainly I don't think favourites is a good way to describe things. They were all my favourites. I think it would probably be the best way I could answer that. In terms of your role, it seemed that physios were a lot busier back then. We had several players with broken legs in a short period, Smith, Webster, Lake, Duffy, for instance. Why do you think we see less injuries now and less impact injuries when the game seems faster, more intense? Yeah, well, that's an interesting question. Um, I didn't say particularly busier back then. I mean, we had a, a squad of, I don't know, 30-odd players, I guess, and there was only me at that particular time who, who was working. I mean, we had the biggest problem, obviously, is that the most important thing is your day-to-day stuff and getting players ready for, for the matches at the weekend or during the week. And we used to have to send most of our long-term injuries down to Lillyshaw, which is or was the St George's of its day. So for quite a few times, you know, you wouldn't see many of the injured ones for, for you know, for maybe some three or four months sometimes or even longer. And I think, obviously, from the medical point of view these days, you know, there's now a good selection of of staff, backroom staff that look after everything now. I think players are generally better athletes these days than they were um, in some respects. I mean, obviously, there were people who had great engines in them. But in general, you know, I think today's player is, is a true, true athlete, you know, and they really... You know, they don't get injured so much, I don't think. And they do have a really great backup staff too. You know, they have three or four physios these days and, you know, um, masseurs and all the rest of it that goes with it. And, of course, you know, player player safety is paramount, um, not just because of who they are, but obviously because of how much they're worth these days. So I'm glad it's moved on. And I think today is, um, you know, the medical side of, of football for the players is fantastic. In that 1990 team, which player, outside of the long-term injuries, were you always treating? As in, basically, who was the nestiest? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question, that one. Um, I don't think any of them were particularly nesh. Um, you know, they did, they worked very hard at everything they did. And I wouldn't say that, you know, that there was anyone who was particularly nesh. Although, if you know Paul Beasley, you know, he was the funniest one ever you know I, I went on to him a few times you know when he'd, he'd be out on the on the on the turf face down you turn him over and he'd, he'd be there with a, a, gra- a mouthful of grass and mud and and what have you and I can remember the conversation with him there he said uh, I've had it son I've had it so what, what have you done bees I said to him he said it's me calf son I've had it so I said to him do you need to come off them bees no, no, I'm all right, I'm all right. And he was naturally a funny, funny man. I loved his company, I still do whenever I see him. And he's another one, great lads. But no, Nesh, not one of them, not one of them. the field, we hear stories of various antics in Sweden, Wales, pre-season. Were, were these trips as memorable as made out? Um, can you give us a story you might not know? And, and which player would you say got in the most scrape? Well, pre- pre-season trips and... Uh, End-of-season trips are uh, something that uh, we can't really say too much about. There is an unwritten law there where you have to be very careful what you say. Um, we had some great times and, 
again, you know, there's there's marvellous things. I mean, the the uh, young Bradshaw and Mitchie Ward and all them, you know, they were called the slap shots at the time. And, um, you know, I can remember them irritating Billy Whitehurst, but they tell the stories better than me. And, uh, you know, I was just sedate. I just used to go and sit on the beach and enjoy myself, whereas they used to have fun. But there are things that obviously there's certain stuff that you can't talk about. And unfortunately, those trips are part of that that era. I mean, we had so much fun, but I've been told I've got to save it for a book. So I can't tell you much more than that. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry about that. So many of that squad stayed in Sheffield and are still here now. Uh, why do you think that is? So why do so many of us stay in Sheffield? Um I just think Sheffield just is, is a fantastic place. I'm not trying to be clever or fancy. It is. I've loved every minute I've been up here. I've started a new family and what have you, all these different things. And I just think it's a fantastic place to bring up your young kids. Um, in general, it's a safe city still. Obviously, there's problems everywhere these days. But I think most people have stayed because it is just a great place. The people are great. You never, I've never had any trouble out and about or anything like that. And I just think in general, you know, there's a lot of banter between Wednesday fans and United fans and stuff. But I don't think, I mean, obviously there's been maliciousness in the past and there is still. But I think in general, people of Sheffield do get on pretty well. Apart from the Wednesday arts, of course. Did you really treat Billy Whitehurst's dog, uh, as, as Paul Beasley said, in Under the Cosh? Oh, Billy's dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... Uh, is a 100% true story. And if anybody thinks it isn't, or they want to hear the funny side of it, um, you know, the one that Paul comes out, you know, tells you is really, really funny. And it is true. The whole lot of it is absolutely true. I didn't actually treat the dog. I pretended to give him ultrasound, but never put the machine on. So, but Billy didn't know. So um, all being well, and I still don't know whether the dog won or not. Who would win in a fight, Vinnie Jones or Billy Whitehurst? Who would win a fight between Vinnie and Billy Whitehurst? Another good question, I would say. Um, if they started fighting in 1993, I think they'd probably still be fighting now. There ain't a loser in between over those two, so it could be a long fight, that one. You were famous for wearing the pink baseball caps. Uh, how did this come about? And do you still, do you still wear or own one to this day? The famous pink cap, eh? Well, yes, that was a, a while ago. I don't know where that is now. That would probably be a, underground somewhere, I would guess. Um, it came about through... Um, I had some golf clubs, and they were really old golf clubs. And I remember we went to play golf once, and Vinny said to me, flipping else, son, you need to get rid of them. They're flipping rubbish. I said, well, I can't afford them at the moment. So he said, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. He said, I'll get on... I think they were Spalding, I can't remember. He said, I'll get on to Spalding and see if they'll sponsor you with some clubs. I said, oh, brilliant, that's great. So anyway, a couple of days later, he come back to me, he said, listen, son, they're going to do it for you. He said, the only problem is you're going to have to wear a Spalding cap. I said, all right, well, fair enough, I don't mind. He said, the other problem is it's pink. Enjoy yourself, kid. Thank you. Finally, a chance to plug your own business. Uh, what are you up to these days? So what do I do now? Okay, well, um, I take my dog for a walk. I've still got a clinic on, well, I rent rooms in the clinic on Ecclesall Road. I do a lot more massage now than anything else. I find that's more stimulating for me rather than just treating injuries. So I'm still there having a go and uh, enjoying myself. I like going to work. This is horrible at the moment, not being able to do anything. Um, but there we are. We're, we're 
mostly all in the same boat together. If uh, some people are risking their lives and some people are obviously, obviously risking their livelihoods at the moment. So it's pretty bad, but there we are. That's life. It goes on. Another, another experience learnt. So maybe that's it for Mike, David. Thank you very much for letting me on and hope people have enjoyed what I've got to say. I'm sure that there's plenty of other lads who've got more and more things to say than me because I can't remember half of it. Certainly the trips away to um, Sweden and Norway. Right, folks, thoughts on, uh, on Derek French? <laughs> well, I like how you got Stan to read first question. So we called Stan a nasty man and not you. Yeah, we did pre-record these, obviously. Uh, some of the interviews we did over, over Zoom where they were sort of live, whereas some of these, they, answered, they chose to answer them and, and send back. Uh, so, yeah, call me a nasty, nasty man. Fully agree. A good point about uh, the intro, like, because I wouldn't, I really don't know who United's video is now. Don't know his name. Uh, and it's like, French was, was very much part of that management team, wasn't he? And I think Bassett played a big role in that. Uh, bit of a character, well known in the club. Uh, and, you know, played a part in success, no doubt. Because uh, I bet he had that relationship in the changing rooms that, you know, we d we're not aware of. But character, isn't it? Real uh, a good guy. He made sure it, it, we knew that he didn't have that relationship with Bob Booker. So that's <laughs> where you're wrong, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> I love uh, Bob Booker. I'm, I'm going back to Bob Booker here, but I love the story about the haunted house. Uh, I didn't know they lived together. So it's good to hear all this stuff. And as fans, I bet we love it. We love it. John, what were your thoughts on, your dad's thoughts on Frenchie? Sorry. I love Frenchie. Absolutely. Uh, big fan, Derek. As Andrew vouched, Derek often came for a Sunday lunch round to the houses and what have you and uh, got on really well with Derek. Um, still do now. And I know my dad and uh, Derek when they see each other and drop te text messages to each other and what have you. So, no, always, always like Derek. I think recent years he's obviously done some of the uh, comparing in the international bar and uh, that's where certainly me and me Mark have seen him and he's... He's been great in there, really good. I uh, just want, do you, do you remember uh, like on the United video when uh, in the Leicester dressing room and they're singing, uh, the blades are going up and it's <laughs> all the squad and then all of a sudden you see some like that orange Lucasade or come flying in. That's actually my dad and Frenchie throw that on everybody. But <laughs> wags. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just on Frenchie, when we got Wilder four years ago this week, it was, uh, you know, I don't think it was met with complete and utter praise from every Blades fan, but Frenchie, to the word, was saying that Wilder's going to make this club success successful. Uh, if you look back on his tweets from that time, he was just bigging him up massively, far more than any any other United fan uh, or, or ex. So, Frenchie, knew it. Yeah, it's a shame we didn't ask him that one, because we, we've in the interview ones, we have actually asked that question, did you see it? in Wilder that is going to be a future manager. Most of them basically owned up and said, not really. You, you know, we knew he managed the Bradway and um, they were trying to get involved into it, but they didn't say one way or another that he was definitely going to do it. So, yeah, fair play to Frenchie that he's uh, backed him. Just another really nice guy that, uh, like I said, a lot of warmth, good, good humour. Uh, and again, the fact that he stayed in Sheffield, as he, as he says, he's, he's kind of, he's become his home now. And uh, that, that move up from, from Wimbledon's got a, transformed his life and, and career. Good impression of Beasley as well. <laughs> I didn't know he'd gone to the Barnsley and Forest. I thought he'd stayed with us under Kendall and I think he was under Thompson. Kendall for a bit, but then he moved on, yeah. What a life, fair. Uh, 